Welcome to Vanguard Garage Gaming. Uh, it's just me, Reese, today, actually. Uh, I'm joined by a very special guest, though. Um, he is the conqueror of Australia, the winner of all of things conquest-related at CanCon 2023. I am joined by the one, the only... Monty, I'm, I'm back, everyone. I'm back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, that, that sounded just as cheesy as it did in my head and i'm i'm here for it mate i might put a i might put a drum roll just before you talk if i get bored enough because i reckon that'd be hilarious <laughs> mate how's it going <laughs> i'm so good i'm so good thank you for that wonderful introduction <laughs> um yes uh for anybody who didn't know and as we've just mentioned uh now uh, our lovely monty here the uh my my dear friend co-host and you know all things wadroon is the Winner of CanCon 2023, Conquest, Last Argument of Kings. Look, it was a it was an absolutely fantastic tournament, and I, I am the very proud owner of a Golden Fish Gnome trophy. So thank yes. you very much to Daryl at Parabellum, who flew down to the Land of Oz to see the tournament and and be sort of in and amongst it. it was fantastic, and he presented me with that. So that was um that was very cool. Yeah, no, the um the the fish names are great. Um and they are the only way to get the most accursed of all conquest minis. Um <laughs> assuming now that I've won the fish gnome this entire year I'm going to roll nothing but fives and sixes probably I, that, that doesn't feel the right way doesn't it like you're like oh I've had the best I can possibly get and then you're like well it's all downhill from here <laughs> all downhill from here no mate it was fantastic and I think big kudos needs to go to the TO of the event uh, he was one of man he, he sounds like a bit of an ass Oh look, only only ever now and then. Um, <laughs> but no, for those who don't know, Reese here, uh, my humble foil, uh, the um, the wren to my stimpy. He ran the the event um, down at Canberra, and it was a flawless event. Oh, I think you get a lot so of kudos for that, and a lot of people who commented on just how wonderful it was, and how streamlined it was, and how. Um, everyone was encouraged to have the best of times. And, and, and to be honest, there was zero drama and zero issues, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I honestly couldn't think of anything either. Um, no, it was, it, was a, it was a really good, really good couple of days. The event was a lot of fun. The venue was great. Everyone there was great. Uh, it was really well organized from CGS. So they're the, um, I think it's Canberra Gaming Society or something. I don't know. CGS is all I really know them as. Um, who organized CanCon, absolutely cracking um, event, amazing venue. Um, the people are great. Everything was awesome. Uh, and yeah, like Monty mentioned before, huge shout out to Daryl flying over and uh, and hanging out with us for a couple of days because that was really good, uh, having somebody from Parabellum here to, uh, to join in the festivities. In the fun. So, mate, we thought we would get together and do a bit of a bit of a tactical show yeah. um you know we love a post-tournament rundown and the only problem is we don't have enough of them mm. um we would love to do this regulator sort of go through um you know worldwide metas as it were because it was that it would add another feather to the show's bow yeah. um so we thought well i mean in this particular example i was i was just very lucky to, to come through with the win and it was convenient because you, you really didn't have to call anyone else up to the show <laughs> That's it. We, we haven't you, had to work around anybody else's schedule. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> same old idiot who was always here, just has a chat about it. Um, 
And look, uh, I yeah. So what what we'll do is we'll run through the plan. We've got the three lists here: the first, second, and third list that we'll run through. We'll sort of talk a little bit of how it played. I'll give a little bit of commentary about my my path to victory because I can tell you the games were absolutely neck and neck. I was going to say, for anybody who didn't catch only game. When Monty said the word tactical before, it means that I am no longer driving this episode and it's all Monty. (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely not true. Um, Because I will break for like water every now and then and you'll just jump right in. Yep, no, that makes sense. I I can live with that. I I I can handle that amount of responsibility. Uh, but mate, well, let's um. um do, do we want to run through the your your road to uh, victory first, or do you want to hit the lists? No, mate. Let's go through my road to victory, and then Done. we'll talk the the technical list at the end. Beautiful. Um. So we'll run through sort of the battle plans we played and a little bit of commentary about each game. Not too much because we don't want to be here all night. Mm. The first thing I'll say is I had five wonderful opponents. Oh man! Every, everybody on the day. Like, this is and this is just to quickly break it. Was like everybody who rocked up and played on the day, and everybody I spoke to around the event, absolutely amazing. Like everybody was super chill. Everybody was just super pumped to play games of Conquest. Like everybody had a blast. At, at least that's what they told me to my face. Um. So yeah, no, it was it was really good. Everyone was great. The the games were fantastic. So many games were neck and neck. It was insane. It was there. There was very few like absolute stompings for points. It was there was a lot of very very close games. Yes, and outside of my first game, which I'll talk about in a little second, and the only reason that I got a convincing lead on that one was just due to the um, due to the ramp mechanic on the scenario. It wasn't even due to any particular skill. Um, <laughs> It, it could have very, like, really, it could have very easily been 1-4 as opposed to 5-0. Oh, wow. Um, each game had a moment that it spun on that was a 50-50 or it was just a stroke of luck or a stroke of fortune or the right dice rolled um, or just a slight misplay. And it, like... There was there was nothing in them. Almost all of my last four games, there was nothing in them. Right up to the final, and that was really close as well. So, mm. no, it was it was. I've never played. I, I can tell you that I've never played so hard for my victories <laughs> as I did on the tournament. I've never I've never had to sweat because normally you either win pretty convincingly or you know you get drowned. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very fair. Yep. And this was this was just you know you're playing your heart out and you've got no idea where it's got to go at the end and and fortune favoured and I you know I managed to scrape the wins, um, but mate the the very first game we played was divide and conquer. Yep, good old mission one. Good old mission one, which I I love this mission. Um, it's a it's a really good mission to start on because because of the amount of objectives on the board it really punishes lists that clump up Mm. Um, it's also a really good it's also a really good soft introduction to objective markers yeah absolutely absolutely because it was i guess this was the first tournament that most people had played with objective markers at least here in australia definitely i don't know about worldwide because the was the missions came out or it was later last year 
Mm. Tell you what, I can get an exact date very, very quickly. Uh, there you go, oh. December. So, <laughs> um... ah, so quite late. Um, quite and late. look, it, the objective markers certainly added its own flavour to you know to 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 the games, and and mm. they added their own headaches, which you know it's some matchups were both and bad, um, <laughs> but. The yeah, the dividing conquer was really really good because it, it you know being six objectives on the board, you know you needed to have scoring redundancy in your list. You know you needed to have cheap stuff that could cap back objectives. You needed um, you know stuff that could break through and 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 kill what it needed to kill in a lane. You needed sort of probably range support or some way of of hindering the opponents breaking through. Um, so yeah, no, it was really really balanced. And I played the majestic Ewan. Oh, I've forgotten his name now. It's about seven of them. I think he's he's got he's got a, a fair few surnames. Um, wonderful bloke, absolutely fantastic bloke, and and um, hopefully firm friend moving forward. Um, he played a uh, hundred kingdoms list, which ran all of the Crimson Tower. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good list. It was such a good list. I read it. He handed me the piece of paper. I'd never, never met him before. I've never versed him. Um, he, his Hundred Kingdoms was painted unbelievably beautifully, and it was no surprise that he was voted the unanimous painting champion of the day. Yeah, um, yeah, best painter for that Hundred Kingdoms because it was amazing to look at. He had these custom, custom um, markers done that were that was like this beautiful well that was you know with, with these colorful flowers flowing up to this gorgeously painted well and then he had i forget what the other statues were but he had oh i mean everything was just mm, mint mint hundred kingdoms it was exactly what you wanted to see um and his list i can't remember it off the exact top of my head but he had a couple of a couple of min uh imperial rangers ranger core because yeah they were annoying um, he had a big old block of crossbows with the air mage. So the air mage was in block of crossbows, seek guiding winds that he strung out on the back of the board to, to sort of maximize, uh, maximize shots. Mm-hmm. And then he had a, what did he else have? He had a minimum man at arms. He had a big block of steel legion. Um, with the Imperial Officer, and then he had um, three lots of Crimson Tower with the yeah. Priory Commander. And so they were, you know, they were the bulk of his list. You know, they, they, were, the, they were the ones doing the lifting. Um, and in our game, I know Ewan went on to, to do really, really well. I think he went... Uh, I think he one. ended up being... No, nah, he was 3-2. I'm fairly fantastic, certain. Fantastic, fantastic. So we had a really, really good run. Um, the 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 thing that won me this game was I managed to uh, move my warbred. I got I went first in the round. I got priority, and rather than charge in and do smashy warbred things, I managed to double move and then just park my warbred an inch and a half away from his three men at arms that he had kept in a forest and he had screened his Steel Legion and his Crimson Tower with. Unfortunately, I just completely roadblocked him. So he couldn't get out there. 
Um, he could only sort of do a pitiful little charge with the Crimson Tower that really didn't do much. Um, and that just basically gave me the game because it let me run away with it without him able to sort of sweep through on that side. Yep. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that was just lucky. I, I got the card draw and, and sort of saw that opportunity and I thought, you know what, if I do this, that's a bad day for him and, and it won't. <laughs> that's usually the best way to capitalize on a moment like that. Absolutely. Um, and my second game, it was, okay, so it was Bulwark. So it was the one where you had two, two objective zones, um, sort of the, one on the left, one on the right, and then you have the, the enemy stand in that zone uh, and then a middle middle stand. Yep. Yeah, you got one Why? friendly enemy uh, objective marker in each, touching the edge of each zone, and then a marker yeah. in the middle. Yep. So I played Ben who is, again, a lovely bloke. Um, and he was running one of the three Old Dominion that I versed on the weekend. So, <laughs> yes, I, I versed uh, 100 Kingdoms, Nords, and three Old Dominion. Um, the whole list wasn't just Old Dominion uh, uh, in terms of the roster, but I, I sort of just got most of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mate, that's what happens. That's what happens when you do this. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was great. And look, he, his list. And I will say the three old Dominion lists that I versed was was incredible. It was three polar opposite lists, and they played completely differently to each other. So in that aspect, it was really really refreshing because I could see sort of three really good generals pilot the army in different ways, mm. um, and you know kept me on my toes every second of the day. Um, get three close wins. So the second game was against Ben, and this one I won by the absolute skin of my teeth. And the reason I won it was twofold. First, I had a big block of Braves with a healing queen, and his fallen divinity just couldn't crunch him down. It was amazing to see <laughs> the block of Braves standing up to the demigod what what is the fallen divinity she's not a god uh, but she's almost she's like there. the shard like the 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 basically the shard of a god in a statue for the most part yeah, yeah. there you go um <laughs> and I, I don't think he was expecting the block of braves to stand around well, basically what i went into the game seeing that he was running a fallen divinity seeing he had a, a couple of other things in his list what else did he have he had he had uh, uh the shooty ones carotids and he had some carnivores uh, as well, which are the combat ones. He had a big block of Praetorian Guard, which was a nightmare to deal with. And then just some um, uh, Legionnaires, right? Yeah, a couple of Min Legionnaires, just to sort of be annoying and get in the way. I think that's all he had, and the old and the Fallen Divinity, because when you're running, you're running the Fallen Divinity. It, you don't have that much space for other things. <laughs> no. Um, and he, he played it really, really well. So he, because there was only two objectives, I was, I was worried because of, I think if I played him in the first game, I think I had him way more comfortably because I had way more bodies that could board control. Mm. In, the, in, the, in the scenario we played, there was just two objectives. Um, and you could easily just ignore the stands, really, um, yep. the markers for, for this particular one. So... Um, he could completely split his force 50-50 and just play to his strengths. Um, and I got a bit bottlenecked, you know, because I had more units than him that just wanted to melee punch. So I 
sort of had to be a bit clever about how I moved things and, and what I would sacrifice at what time to, you know, to sort of make way almost. I, at one point I was like, please kill these three warbred because they're, they're doing nothing and I want these four warbred to come in um, <laughs> and, and, and cleave house, um, which I don't think I've ever thought before. I don't think I've ever wanted to sacrifice warbred. No, they're usually what you want to keep kicking around because they're the ones doing the damage. They were just stuck on the end of something. It was really annoying. And I thought, oh, I gotta I gotta get rid of these guys so, so I could get more stuff in. But um But no, he was and he was really clever, Ben, because he, he basically got his fallen divinity and a couple of I think one legionnaires or it might have even been two legionnaires. And he sort of said, Right, okay, I'm gonna put them right on line to steal my home objective. And he's just going to sprint that thing towards me and it's going to eat whatever it touches. And so I looked at that and I said, okay, I don't want to go anywhere near that, old, that form of divinity. I'm going to basically do whatever I can to not touch it. And I'm going to feed it my big block of braves, my sacrificial braves to just go in there and tie it up for a bit while I try and sweep home on his left flank. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the sweep home didn't go as expected because I hit a block of Praetorian Guard, and I think four Warbred buffed on the charge killed about one and a half stands. Yeah. And I just... I just... Inside, I said, oh, okay. Okay, that's game. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I just... Like, if, if, if I just do... I just needed to break through that point because I'd bottlenecked myself. Yeah. Um, and... I just like it just did nothing and I knew I was in trouble but luckily the, the block of braves stood long enough for me to win that attrition um I had a rex that was playing uh, a t-rex on, on on my left that was playing cat and mouse a little bit and the true clocks of the game it was neck and neck down to the point and then the last turn that we played there was a bit of a swing to me that overestimated how much I won purely because he left that Rex on one wound left. Yep. So we had sh- it was injured, it was injured, and he shot it in the face, and it survived on one, and it proceeded to flank charge something on the objective and steal it, uh, and gave me a bit of a swing. Yeah, wow. That's great. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I mean, you can't get luckier than that, can you? I think I made two or three saves of one to two. Um, I just made one one more save than than I statistically average, and yep. I got it on one wound. Golden. It was yeah, it was a good moment, and and Ben, I think Ben definitely wants to come again for the Rex. Oh, yeah. um, I, I don't think anytime, he's ever ben, shy anytime away you want to throw down. <laughs> I don't think he's going to shy away from a rematch for that. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, but she's hungry. She's always hungry. Always. <laughs> Golden. Mate, that's great. Um, so that was what, game two? That was game two, that was Bulwark. Um, game three was against uh, a lovely fellow called Matt, um, a really cool guy and a really cool list. I absolutely love Matt's list. Um, he was running Old Dominion as well. So it was an Old Dominion doubleheader in, in game two and three. Um, his list was super interesting. It was, and again, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he had two what I call the Gatling gun, um, Andrew Mandrites. Oh, the Archimandrites, yep. Archimandrites, there we go, yep. Andrew Mandrites, Archimandrites. <laughs> uh, the, the ones with the Gatling gun spell, and they had all the upgrades so that they, like, were priest a billion. Um, 
and they did like 10 or 11 dice re-rolling stuff, you know, just, just do, 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 do. They were amazing. Cast the spell. Yep. Oh, it was phenomenal to watch. Um, and then he, he had a, a similar sort of style where he had a big block of something that was hold that just basically chaffed me up. Mm. I think it was Praetorian Guard. It could have been Legionnaires. Um, and then he had bone a couple golems. of regiments of bone golems. Yeah, yeah. a couple of these bone golems. Um, and the bone golems I knew to fear. Um, but I learned a new level of fear that day. Um, because they were, they were horrific. They were horrific to play against for my particular army. Because my army, as you know, Reese, is designed to smack. Yep. It is designed to kill what it hits. If it doesn't kill what it hits, it dies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're playing, you're playing angry orc Nords, basically. So yeah, no, yeah, I, trust yeah, yeah. Me, I, I understand the feeling. Exactly. If I don't kill what I hit, I die. And unfortunately, when you hit bone golems, even with cleave two, you just don't clear them. Six wounds each. They are they're just, they they're going nowhere. And then of course, when you activate, you get aura of death two or three. Well, I can't remember which one it was, but basically, four warbred turned their card over, and two of them just ran away and died. Um, <laughs> And that gave me the sads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Matt's list was basically wholly designed to be Aura of Death, the list, and it did a very good job of that. Oh, it was a phenomenal job. I loved his list. It was an absolute treat to play, and he was, was a wonderful general as well. He did it really well, and I just... I got him on the early points. The only reason I won this game, and it wasn't a win to him was because he was basically, I, I, it was Maelstrom, so I charged my big block of Braves on the first uh, on the middle objective. I got there really early because he thankfully had given me a target to charge. And so I was able to move and charge his carries. I wiped them out, and that put me on the objective um, early. So I was gone there. I was early scoring. That was putting me up. Um, and then I was able to cap the side objectives and score early as well before he sort of came home with the reinforcements and, and then, you know, suddenly I wasn't on the objectives anymore. Um, and it was probably the first time, actually, I think it's the first time that I've ever been a hair's width away from being tabled. <laughs> yeah, because you only had a little bit left, right? And absolutely nothing left. The only thing that won me the game was I realised because I was rushing my waves. And again, it was another map where I was being move blocked by myself, um, uh, which is my own fault for writing a list that's just all chunk and no, you know, nothing else. Um, but I was move blocked, and I was trying to get these last regiment of blooded in. But then I realised just as I was about, you know, twelve or, or, or fifteen inches away from the main melee that everything had died. <laughs> and basically, if I charge these blooded in and they die, I lose the game. Ah, uh, yep, fair. Because he'll table me before the end and it's game over. So I did what any reasonable person would do. Run away. <laughs> Run away? <laughs> <laughs> I reformed. And faced away, and I blew, thankfully, I blew a conquest 
marker and I was able to get three extra inches on my run move and just basically legged it. And I legged it for, for a turn um, while I sacrificed Mama Rex as chaff. It was the only time I've ever thought of Rexes as chaff. I said, here, eat this. Yep. Eat this Rex because I was up on points. I was up on points. I don't think it was going to, I don't think it was going to catch me on points in the end. His only win condition was deleting my entire army. So I just ran away with my blooded and, and we ran out of time to essentially see where the game was going to end. I think if it went another three turns, I think we call it on turn seven. Um, if it went another three turns, oh, he would have swept home the victory for sure. Nice. Uh, the, the, the timer saving your life then, mate. Mate, it was 100%. <laughs> if, if the time saved life, it was a, a well-earned victory to Matt. So yeah, great game, Matt. Well done. And that was the um, end of day one. That was the end of day one. So 3-0, feeling pretty chuffed. Um, went out for dinner, had some had some drinks, feeling pretty good. Um, mm. Came into day two, uh, knowing there was a couple of 3-0s from the night before. And actually, I had, I had dinner with my... Uh, game one, day two opponent, uh, the lovely Scott, who, I mean, I'm a small guy, uh, but he's probably twice as tall as me. <laughs> Mate, I'm a big guy and he was bigger than me. It was, it's not, it's, it's very, it's very rare. I have to look slightly up at somebody. Um, yeah. so I wasn't ready for that. No, Scott, you're an absolute uh, gentleman, yeah. uh, absolute gentleman. And, um, and the list he ran was really fun. It was a Nord's list. And Scott um, came third overall, actually. So yes. we'll, we'll go through his list. Um, well, well, why don't we go through his list now? Because it's, it, it seems relevant. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I'll run through it. Um, so, so, yeah, he was running a uh, blooded warlord. He'd taken two tiers of tactical retinue with eccentric mastery and the bear aspect. His warband was three Uger with a leader standard bearer, three stalkers, a mount, uh, sorry, an ice Jotnar with rhyme storm. He had another blooded with the Hunt's Instinct uh, Mastery, yeah, with three Stalkers, six Fenner Beast Pack, and three Uger with a Leader and Standard Bearer. And he had a Jarl with Bear Aspect, Tier 3 of Tactical Retinue with Raven's Messengers, with three Uger with a Leader, and three Huskars with full trimmings of Leader, Standard Bearer, Thane, and Skarl. Super cool list. Super, Super cool. cool list. Yeah. Um, probably the most unique Nords list I've seen. Um, and I loved it. I was, I was, I was here all day for it. Yeah. Um, and this was a struggle because the, uh, we played last stand. So my list isn't particularly fast, is it, Reese? No, no, it's not. It's, um, basically your Rexes are fast and everything else is six at the best. I had to traverse seemingly. And all, and all medium, having said that. So you're not getting anything early game. Nothing early game. <laughs> um, and I had to traverse what felt like 63 inches of board space through waves after waves of stalkers just, just shooting. Yep. Far in advance and shooting. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's like one of the very. I think it's one of two missions that are short edge deployment. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was very funny watching people's faces screw up when they realize what their reinforcement line was, uh, and then have to figure out how their armies were going to trot across the board. 
mate, it was an absolute nightmare. And and to to not only was it short deployment, but it was um, the last stand uh, mission has three stands across your short deployment, or is it two stands? No, two stands. Uh, two two yeah. stands across yep. your short deployment. Basically chugging that board space up even more because they're not friendly they're enemy stands mm -hmm. so you can't move through them um so you really have minimal lanes to to get your your chunk through when you're running a silly list than i am <laughs> um and then of course you know you're being shot with fire in advance you know i love i love what he was doing he was you know you, you know moving forward a couple of inches Shooting, fire in advance a couple inches back. You know, playing that real cagey game. Uh, basically trying to whittle me down as I sort of went through no man's land. Um, yeah. and, but thankfully, look, and, and again, this is why um, I'm such an advocate for double queen in, <laughs> in Woodrum list. Because we'll get there in the end. I'll go through my list and, and what worked best for me and what didn't. But the double queen just let me... Let me get on top of the early game whittle down uh, like stalkers. You know, I really didn't care that the stalkers were shooting my braves because my queen was there and yep. she was healing them up every turn. Sure. I might be going, you know, two, two bodies down on average every turn, but yeah, there's a lot there. Bring Yeah. Bring three back. Um, you, you know, it'll, it'll get me eventually, but, but hopefully I'll crash into him before that, that happens. Um, and on the other side, you know, the Uga, thankfully, were being resilient and rolling well. Um, and, and I didn't lose too many of those to shooting. But then, basically, Lions met. Um, the, he basically split his forces into two, two lanes uh, with these six puppies. So the six Fenner Beast Pack straight in the middle of the board. Yeah. Being just objective... Not really objective blocking, but just space denying uh, board control, and they were great. Mm. Um, I had to, I had to commit five blooded, and then I had to bring a Rex in as well to to take these things down because they just because he had set his Yarl up with Raven's Messenger as like a a area of effect buff piece from Resolve. It was really clever. Basically, it was much harder to take sort of that left-hand center down. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can see why I did it, and it, and it absolutely worked. So, yeah, those puppies weren't going anywhere. Even though, like, all of my attacks were going through, they were just save on the resolve. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that held me up for a bit. And he crumped my right flank. My right flank was a big block of braves. I didn't support it with anything because very rarely does something crump through six... Bra uh, eight braves with the queen healing. Yeah. Uh, but Uga, Stalkers, a blooded, and an ice giant will. <laughs> yep. An ice giant doesn't give... <laughs> doesn't give two flying hells what you're doing. No. No, it says I'm coming through this point. And thankfully, um... I, I sort of, it was similar to the Fallen Divinity in the game earlier, actually. I held just enough mm. so that the Ice Giant was basically just blocked up there for a while because I did not want that thing running through my lines because it would have. Um, oh, it would have been yeah, a nightmare. It, 
it would have made very short work of war bread um oh, and that was that basically the core of your list <laughs> yeah yeah that would have exploded and missed so thankfully they just sort of held it up for a while and again this was one where scott had got up two points early and then we both scored the objective we both got our marcus down eventually so in the end he was going to win by two and and that's what we both sort of we mapped out um we still had time to play. We were still playing, but we were getting close to the end of the game. And my 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 Rex uh, with the Queen on it, I had moved it right in the center of the board. And I had realized that if I make a five-inch charge, he, he can swallow, well, she can swing at his Uga right next to the, uh, the stand. Now, I, can't, I couldn't feel the stand. Thankfully, because you can only do one wound to a stand per activation, his three warbread were just, oh, sorry, his three uga were just held up there, um, you know, just doing nothing. And so I rolled the five. I rolled a four. Thankfully, rolled into a five. I made the charge. Um, and we pre-measured and I, I was half an inch outside the objective. So it was, you know, I wasn't going to win the game. It was just, uh, I really just made the charge because it made no sense to have the apex doing nothing. It wouldn't, it, he was going to win. It wouldn't have mattered at all. Um, and then someone came along, <laughs> someone came along like an angel from heaven. And I believe that was you, Reese. Oh, mate, I felt so bad when I when I heard that what this had done. So yeah, so I uh, I was watching the board as Monty made this um this charge roll, and then I've I've sort of wandered off, come back, and gone, oh, hang on, uh, because obviously the placement of the uh, the apex predator, uh, it was butting up against the objective marker. I was like, oh no, you can't do that. You would have had to have charged. So you end up an inch away because it's a and it's an enemy regiment. You can't charge within an, an inch of an enemy regiment. You're not charging. And they're like, cool, yep, no worries. And then I walked off. Uh, apparently, that had a lot more of an impact than I thought it did. <laughs> so Reese has reminded us of the rules where, you know, I mean, rules rules get in the way, don't they? They get in the way of a good <laughs> game. Who needs rules? Um, reminded us of the rules and that because the enemy marker was an enemy stand, uh, because that wasn't the target of my charge, I needed to bump it away an inch. And because the marker is an objective and can't move, I was the one that had to bunch the, bump the inch. So the actual inch bump from the marker pinballed me within range of the objective. Yep. Because of the monster stand. Um, and capped both objective and swung the game to me. Amazing. And not calculated at all. We both looked at it and we both had this big grin on our face because it was such a close game. <laughs> and I mean, it was anyone's. It well, I mean, it wasn't anyone's. It was his. Um, and I still feel he won the moral victory. <laughs> I was going to say, because I think you guys were breaking down the points. And if that hadn't happened, it was either a draw or Scott's win. Oh, no. Scott would have taken it easy. Okay, there you go. I couldn't remember Ooh, the exact. Because. He got on the objective first, so he had a round of scoring before I got there. Uh, so yeah, he just would have easily taken it and it would have, would have you know, shook hands and, and moved along. And then he would have been playing in the final because that was, uh, we were both 3 0 at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that was, um, yeah, and that puts you to 4 0. 
Put that to four and oh. So, yeah, thank you for the game, Scott. And apologies, apologies for for winning it on the uh, on the technicality of our um, you know, a dodgem car bump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. So yeah, that was game four. And again, as you can see, um, one by the skin of my teeth. Um, and then game five. Game five was tough. It was against a a seasoned opponent. Uh, maybe not so much in Conquest, but I know uh, Liam, who I played, uh, has had a sort of illustrious wargaming past. Yep. Um, Liam's a fantastic a... player. He's only very new to Conquest, actually. Um, I think he's somewhere in the three to six months uh, scope of playing the game. Um, but yeah, absolutely, like, fantastic player. Um, and here, here he was, 4-0, going into the grand final. Yes, and it was a fantastic final. Off balance, I believe the objective was. Mm. So it was two objective zones. Um, I think it's four. four objective markers scattered around the board. Yeah, yeah. And in true true um, style of the day, I completely ignored them <laughs> um, because my list wasn't designed for them and, and they are just, they, they would hinder my list more than help, um, which some other armies can, can deal with it a lot easier than mine. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with that one, his list, which we'll run through. Yes, I will um, touch on that now. So uh, Liam's list was a Stratheus Warlord. He had the Eternal Discipline Mastery, uh, the Sanctified Labaron and Skofnung Relics, as well as Tier 1 Regala of the Dominion. Uh, he had eight stands of Legionnaires with Leader, Standard Bearer, and Optio, a regiment of three Cataphracti with Leader, Standard Bearer, and Hatyros, another regiment of three Cataphracti with a Leader, a Standard Bearer, and a Hatyros, uh, another warband within Archimandrite using Hazlia's Touch, which is the heal spell, in a block of five Legionnaires with a Leader, Standard Bearer, and Optio, and a Hierodeacon with the Blasphemous Soma, uh, in eight legionnaires with a leader, standard bearer, and optio, and three cariatids with a leader. Yes, so a lot of chunk, uh, but only six uh, regiments. Uh, well, yeah, that sounds right. Three, six. Yep. <laughs> three characters, six regiments. Yep. So I, I had him on card draw. Yeah, because your uh, list was 10? Yeah, 10. Mine was 10. And I had him on um, sort of board control, mm. so to speak. Uh, what he had me on was just blocks of undying legionnaires. Yeah. That it was basically if, if a big block of braves hit another big block of braves, it would basically be a similar similar thing. Like <laughs> they, they don't go anywhere. They don't do any morale any resolve checks, so they, they just don't die. Um, and this was a really challenging game because he, he set them up really, really well. He was aggressive with them. He got the on the objective. Um, and he basically said, come get them. Come get them. You know, yep. I'll, I'll win if you can't answer my question. Um, and then <laughs> he, had, he had one cataphracti unit that threatened to just blow up half of my entire army. <laughs> because he put, I, I essentially saw what he was doing. He, he, he his, um, his Stratios, I think, was the one that denied uh, in, uh, support. 
Yes, yeah. Support. Eternal Discipline gives the Regiment untouchable. Yeah, yeah. So I, I put the big block of Braves completely away from that uh, to the left flank because I, I wanted it to go nowhere near him because it would render them useless. Um, and so I basically front-loaded all of my punch power on that right flank. I overloaded it to try and sweep it home um, in order to sort of try and at least get one objective locked down because he had two massive blocks of, he had a Legionnaire block and, yeah, two two blocks of Legionnaires on the other. Uh, so, look, there was no chance of, of really destroying all of those. Mm. And what happened was I essentially had to use Blooded as chaff. Uh, not Blooded. Uh, so I, I used three Blooded as sacrificial chaff because I saw his Cataphracti there waiting to charge. And so I said, right, okay, hold on. I know if they charge as a first action, they will then charge again if they break and shatter. Yeah, if they break or destroy, they get to go, go on, get with another charge. I'll get and so he's gonna he's gonna destroy me with you know my units aren't tough they're not they're not survivable he's gonna destroy two units so I basically put the put the blooded where he could only move then charge them not charge them straight off um, and so he did and and promptly turned them into mist yep. um, and I it was basically fifty fifty it was a cat and mouse he whoever my four warbred were like five inches away. So whoever won the uh, got the priority was going to delete the other thing, mm. um, and he won the priority. So he charged my four warbred, turned them into mist. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, and at that point, I you know it was in my mind that was the that was the game. In that moment, whoever won this priority wins the game because of his unit, because of his low number of regiments. Um, if I could have taken that out with him, without him taking out that warbred, I probably could have swept home really easily. But he he got that. He took that warbred out, and then he he charged them as a first action, and then he did a Yui, <laughs> and just sat there menacingly, pointing towards the back of of the warbred that was on the objective. And that was his mistake, because I managed because. I, I don't know if he, he realised I had another regiment coming, but five stands of blooded came in from reinforcements as my last card and nestled in about, you know, guaranteed charge from the rear of those um, cataphracti. And if I didn't have that last unit, it would have been all over because he would have charged the back of my warbred on the objective, destroyed them completely, um, overwhelmed that side, and, and I would have had no way to, to, to play the objective game and it would have been a, a canter. Yeah, um, but, especially if it was Cataphracty just running backwards through your army. <laughs> it was, it was. They, they already deleted two expensive things um, and here are uh, worth threatening the rest. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, you know, he won the first 50-50 and deleted the warbred. Thankfully, I won the next 50-50, and I got the rear flank, rear charge from the blooded on the, on the cataphracti. Um, I didn't clear them in one, but I tied them up and stopped them charging um, and eventually cleared them with the blooded. So that gave me a bit of a sweep on the right flank, and then it helped when my Rex uh, decided to make a huge charge to tie up his other cataphracti. He then rolled like absolute potato for his defense rolls. I think he rolled 
out of like eight rolls, I think six of them were fives and sixes. So yeah. that really, that really helped me. Um, sorry, Liam, it happens, doesn't it? Um, really helped me because of the deadly blades on the on the wrecks, and that sort of cleared them through because they were my threat piece. I just had to clear them, and I would win. And I did clear them, and I did. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, it was super super tough game. It was it hung in the balance the whole way, um, and eventually. I just overwhelmed that right flank and stop at the objective from the Legionnaires. They went down stand by stand begrudgingly. <laughs> oh, that didn't go anywhere quick. Um, and yeah, no, it was um, it was a victory to me. But yeah, no, it was uh, it could have been anyone's. It could have been anyone's. Um, and it was just a couple of dice rolling at a few points that kept my blocker braves there. Um, and then didn't keep his block of um, things there. <laughs> Beautiful. Mate, well, how about you run us through your actual list and then talk through the points you, uh, you've you now had with, uh, you know, retrospection from the, the event uh, about what you think it, how you think it did? Yeah, sure. Absolutely, mate. My pleasure. Uh, well, my warlord was the matriarch queen. Um, everything in the... So I, I ran two war... Um, sorry, two war bands. I got confused. Um, I'm an alt player. I just see war and I see bread. <laughs> um, I ran two war bands. Both of them were death. Um, so I didn't try. I was thinking about trying to mix and match a couple of different ones in. But in my experience, I just wanted consistency. I just wanted everything being death. Everything get the right tokens. There's no no point in the game where something was skew if and I, I couldn't sort of get what I want. Um, so she also had loyalty in her warband to, to improve uh, reinforcement role percentages. Um, she had Death's Gaze and Tier 1 Teachers of Conquest in order to unlock Death's Gaze. And the Tier 1 Teachers of Conquest was really helpful, um, to be honest with you. It was more helpful than Death's Gaze in that last game because I didn't get to charge with them. Um, <laughs> and just being able to re-roll re-roll one morale every single time you have to take a morale check is so good when you're passing on fives. Yeah, wow. That's great. So good. So, yeah, um, I think as the time of the recording this, uh, the new version has now dropped. So we were playing the old version. Now it's the new version. Uh, that tier one is... Um, what's... The, un, un, no, not untouchable. Um... Oh, what's the one where you just oh, discard? Indomitable. indomitable. Sorry, there's a lot of names. Um, the, yeah, so that tier one is now indomitable where you just disregard one failed morale. I, I'm at 10 points. I would seriously recommend everyone consider it um, <laughs> because it's so good. Um, now, the queen was running in the block of eight braves. Um, I'm sure you've listened to the show a few times and you know how much I love this block. Leader, standard bearer, champion. These were my MVP almost every single game because, yes, they're an expensive piece. Um, the Queen and the Braves come into almost, I think, 500 points between them. Yeah. But they give me consistent ability to shut down a part of the board that I want to shut down. So they can keep their equivalent points worth quiet for most of the game if I roll if, if I'm lucky um, and I don't misplay. And it lets me then 
overcommit on other flanks where my opponent may not have expected me to. Yeah. Um, so they're worth their weight in actual gold. Um, cause I would not have won games today uh, on the weekend without that block. Um, because it meant that I would have had to distribute my power more evenly. Um, and if I had done that, I wouldn't have been able to sort of do the shenanigans that I did. So yeah, they're amazing. Um, every time, mm-hmm. um, then I ran two regiments of warbred, both four stands wide. Um, I did an interesting thing that I haven't done before, but I'm going to do it all the time now. And that is I ran the, f- <laughs> I know it's silly, but I ran the first block of warbred as chaff for the second block of warbred. Um, so I ran them four wide and touching each other. Yeah. Wow. Um, so whenever the top, basically they would, they would leapfrog each other. The top block would go followed by the back block. Um, and I did that essentially. Uh, to just counter charge, um, you know, warbred die. They're not the fastest, uh, but they kill what they hit normally. Yeah. They do. They, they do their job nine times out of ten. Yeah. So you know, going up against knights, um, going up against a fallen divinity, um, going up against oh god, anything, anything that's faster. You know, um, um, thin air beast pack. Uh, you. Know, no, I'm not going to jump on that. So I basically needed to have something that will just sit in front of the other and take the charge and let the other one. And because of the card consistency of running multiple warbred, you know, when you pull a warbred card, you can go either the front or the rear. Um, pick, pick whichever one's best, yeah. Whichever one is the situation. So that redundancy really helped um, because if they charge the front block and don't clear them, brilliant. The front block swings. If they charge the front block and decimate them fantastic the back one swings um it's a lot of points but normally because i can overcommit, they can clear what i need them to clear and then the remnants can usually cap an objective and and, and go forward yeah beautiful um so that's them and then the the, the rounding out that war band was a apex predator um big rex uh, my list runs two um i love them they're amazing they're they basically are there to reinforce a kill. So basically, they're there to kill secure. Mm. Um, pipe something up with something else, charge these guys on the flank, just threaten. So the, because they've got an 8-inch move, they've got a, a 16 uh, plus D6 re-rollable threat range. So they, they're really good at shutting down ranged. So if your opponent has like bow chosen that is just shooting you, their rexes are amazing at just moving, you know, half a board away to just make contact and shut that shooting down. Hmm. Um, so that was my first warband. The second warband was the mounted matriarch queen. So she had the apex master. She was death. Um, she was on a rex and she was touched by the goddess, which is a template upgrade that gave her a conquest token and that directly won me the game in my third game uh, because that was one where I had to turn tail and run away and if I didn't have a conquest token I wouldn't have been able to outpace his um, machine gun Archimandrite yes yeah the Daka Daka um, Archimandrite the Daka 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 all the Daka all the time uh, so yeah I needed that and and if I didn't have it I would have lost so there you go. Ten point up. You can't say that about many ten point upgrades. Um, directly one. 
with the game. So Beautiful. yeah, it was good. Um, so yeah, uh, now minimum three blooded uh, with all the trimmings, uh, five blooded with all the trimmings, and then a minimum three war bread, um, and that was it. So mate, good yeah. list. I, I I know that list back to front because we've played it so many times, and it's uh, but it's always good to see it on the board. Yeah, and look, it, it it does what it wants to do. Other than the Braves, it folds like wet paper. Um, it 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 chocks itself up, so it, it frustratingly can get caught into rain. It can it gets hindered all the time, but because of the consistency of the death, the way that I ran it was basically just card card. Death plus one clash, card card death for plus one for plus one clash, and just kept that um, that consistency of of just plus one clash every second activation, getting a little bit of you know trying to get the favorable trade uh, when I could, um, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. That's awesome, mate. Um, awesome. The only thing I really wish I really wish I had some ranged uh, to deal with those markers because objectively the list wasn't very good. Um, it's why I had to play like an absolute demon to try to win these games because I don't think, <laughs> like, I, I basically put everything that I like into a list. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad list. I think it's a very good list, if, you know, if I do say so myself. But I don't think it's a list that plays the objective very well from a marker perspective because of the way that the markers work. You know, if you're charging a marker with blooded because you've got no other choice and doing one damage per turn... Terrible. Mm. Terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible waste of resource and a chance for your opponent to overwhelm you elsewhere. Yeah, and I think that was the thing, right? Because this is like the first big event we played with the new mission pack. It was, you know, you, you don't really respect the the way that the markers work when you look at them from a list building point of view until you've played against them a few times. Um and it's like, oh, this is what I need to look at for for different missions. But um, the fact that your list still played zones and still played into other factions really well was definitely a definitely a good one, mate. Yeah. Oh well, I I just you know I sort of for every game I sort of thought right, well, what can I do? What can they do? Let's try to do more of me and less of them, um, oh, which is so. basically what it does, isn't it? And mm. eventually got through. But yeah, no, um, cracking, cracking weekend, um, amazing opponents. Um, I had the best time, and uh, look, I can't wait. I can't wait for the next one, mate. That's awesome. No, yep, CanCon twenty twenty four confirmed. Um, it'll will will definitely be there. Um, it'll be it'll be an absolute blast to have. We've had 16 people uh, play at CanCon 2023. Uh, I'm super pumped to hopefully try and double that number next year, um, which would be fantastic. Well, with the amount of people that bought stock from Daryl at the... Um, oh, mate, the, we, we, had, we had Conquest flying off the shelves. It was absolutely amazing to see. Yeah, so, many people were, so many people from all the other games playing in the same hall as us had come over and be like, well, what's this then? Um, and that's... That was one of the big key parts of being at CanCon was exposure. Um, it's the first yeah. big event that Conquest's been at, um, and I think it definitely helped having an event run uh, at sort of like the first big CanCon because obviously last year, you know, the world had just sort of was just getting out of COVID, and so you know we there was still a little bit like humming and hawing about how many people were going. I think it was I think 
it still ran, but I think it was fairly small, all things considered. Uh, I'd love to see the final numbers for how many people walked through the doors at CanCon this year, because uh, everywhere I looked, there was people. Um, so it'd be, it, it was awesome. And yeah, there were so many people that were interested in the game. So many people poured into the game. So many people terrifyingly knew who I was just from my voice. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was great. <laughs> yes, yes, I definitely have the the the, the more <laughs> diminishing role. Occasionally, people come. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, oh, you're Monty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like, oh, you're Reese. Who's the other guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, made me laugh, mate. Thanks so much, dude, for running through uh, your your road to CanCon victory. Um, huge shout out to everybody else who played in the event. Uh, it was an absolute blast. I'm uh, thoroughly looking forward to running it again next year, where I am imagining I will see quite a few city states people on the the boards. Well, yeah, at least yours. <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm toing, I might not have the time, but uh, I, I I'll, I'm definitely going to see what we can balance out. But worst case scenario, I can just tell everybody else how wrong they're playing city states. Perfect, perfect, yep, man. No, beautiful. thank you for having me on. I know I'm, 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 I'm regular uh, by your side, but it was nice <laughs> to sort of come on and, and talk you through this one, and, and my absolute pleasure, and and, and I had a really good time. So, yeah, um, you know, let's let's take a break from from focus on me. I feel a bit uncomfortable. Let's move it back <laughs> on to VGG, and let's go with God, like the million and one episodes we've got. Uh, oh, so much, so much stuff just, coming up. Yep. So much. My God, not enough daytime or nighttime (laughs) hours. That's exactly Um, it. But mate, thank you so much, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Don't forget, you can use our affiliate code VGG10 on the eShop to get ten percent off your order. Monty, thank you so much as always, my man. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Be well. And guys, we'll catch you again next time. Bye.